Uh, it's really great to be here uh, again tonight. Uh, you have seen me probably preaching um, a lot more than normal in the, every service I've been doing that because it is my view that I should be at the helm here while we're going through this. I want you to see me. I want you to watch my demeanor to see whether or not I'm afraid or if I'm in some panic mode or, or not. Uh, I want you to see that. I want you to know that we are totally confident in God. And we have much to say to you tonight, and just so grateful for all of you in our audience, those of you who are members of this fellowship. You know, we absolutely love you. Sister Marvin and I are always thinking about you. She's always thinking about you, always giving me um, uh, things to do concerning you, suggestions, etc. And so we want to just uh, let you know how much we love you and miss you. And this is uh, not just all bad, because it has caused us to realize how much we need each other, how much we love each other, and how disconnected we feel when we are not together. So uh, it is that way with uh, us, and one day all of our brothers and sisters from around the world are going to meet us in the air, and we're going to meet with the Lord, and Paul says we're going to be with the Lord forever. Thank you so much again for tuning in to us. I want to share something with you tonight, uh, and uh, what I want to share with you, uh, it, it was inspired uh, while I listened to so many positions in uh, the media during uh, the week, in the last couple of weeks, I've listened to so much uh, that the people of the world have to say. And uh, I find that there is uh, precious little difference sometimes in the views of believers and the unsaved. And I think those things should not be. And so I want to call uh, you to remembrance of certain things. And and bring you into remembrance of who you and I are. We're not elitist, no. We're not holier than thou, no, we're not. But we are the people of God. I find that it is necessary to bring clarity between the two entities, the church and the world system. The church and the world system. We want to, you to know that, that God's voice is different than the voice or the spirit of the age. God's voice is different than the voice of the world system or the spirit of the age. Uh, my subject tonight is a very broad subject. I could go in, in many directions, but I'm not going in many directions. I'll, I'll be going into in one direction. I want to show us the difference. I want to uh, outline the difference between who we are and the world. So it is very, very important, especially when we see the day approaching, when we see all the calamities around the world, many, many calamities around the world. When we see those things, we want to be careful uh, that we do not forsake the things of God, that we are on our, as it were, P's and Q's. We're, we're, we're waiting for uh, the command of our Savior. And this is what we want to do. We want to live in that perpetual state of readiness. So this subject is the church, who we are, the church. We want to identify that. We want to give a good definition of that. Firstly, the church is the dwelling place of God. So right now, God, of course, you know, he lives in heaven. But on this earth, God lives in a body, a body. Uh, Jesus said in the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 10, he said if God would prepare a body for him, that he would come and do his will. And so when Jesus, God prepared a body, and so Jesus is the body where God came to the earth and uh, lived among us, and uh, we, uh, men touched him. So Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. 
And so when Jesus left and went back to his father, went to heaven to his father, he did leave a body in the earth. So God still operates through a body. It's very important that you and I be reminded of that. We're the dwelling place of God. We are therefore God's house. We're God's house, God's place of, of residence. He lives in a house, the body of Christ, human beings. We are also his temple. We are his temple. And so God's temple is a holy place. So we know that then the body of Christ is a holy place. And that means that uh, we are the body of God's activities in the earth. So it's very, very important that you and I know who we are and know whose we are. And we must know uh, whom we follow. The scripture says that those who are, of us who are led by the Spirit of God, then we are then, or these are the sons of God. So we want to make that perfectly clear. So we are the body of God's activities on, on the earth or in the earth. We are also the body through which he speaks. Now, now, there are those who would love to debate, but they have no debate. They have no re, uh, rebuttal for my statement here that is worthy. They, that it's an impossibility because God speaks through a body. When Jesus came to the earth, God spoke through a body. And now God speaks through a body, the church. So I want to make that perfectly clear. So what is the church? The scripture calls the church the ecclesia of God, the ecclesia. We are the called out ones of God. We are the Christian community of members on the earth. And we have brothers and sisters who are part of the church who are already in heaven. But the, the word ecclesia comes from two words, two Greek words, uh, ek, uh, it means ek, uh, out of, and it means kaleo, called so called that we're the called out ones the called out ones so god has called us with a purpose with a purpose now when i talk like this what i want to do is make a distinction a clear distinction between us and the world i'm hearing so many voices so many voices of christians speaking like the world speaks now that is an indictment isn't it yes it is an indictment I heard a, a, a tape of a pastor from Virginia, which also inspired my message today and for Sunday, uh, who made some comments. He is dead. He passed on. He made some comments that the world is jumping all over, that God is bigger than coronavirus. Well, I'm here to tell you God is bigger than coronavirus. And if God is not bigger than coronavirus, then coronavirus is God. But coronavirus is not God, it's a plague, it's a pestilence. So God is that. He said he would not live his life in fear. That is another thing that is correct. We should not live our life in fear. We should never be fearful. And we, as believers, should not be afraid to die. Now, that does not mean that we walk in presumption. We walk in faith, not presumption. We don't walk in front of an 18-wheeler because God is our God. We don't do that. It absolutely makes no sense. But that's not what we are advocating when we say God is bigger, God is greater, uh, God supplies, God protects, God heals. We are not saying, uh, no, we can live in a cavalier way. We can live carelessly. We are not promoting that. 
We're not promoting presumption. We're promoting faith. That is, every believer must be infused with faith. If you're in my audience today and you say you name the name of Christ, you must be infused with faith. You must believe that your God is greater. About, uh, he is greater than all so-called gods and all so-called things. He is before all things. And through him, through Christ, all things were created or came into being. So he is the master of all. So uh, let's look at how this, this develops and who we are as a people. Now, I said previously that we are not arrogant about it in that we do not live as though we are holier than everybody else or we are better than everybody else or we are the elite on the earth. No, because Jesus Christ told us, he, said, he says, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, on you and learn of me. Learn of me. What? I he I meek and I'm lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. So Jesus Christ, God, says, I'm humble, I'm meek, and I'm lowly. Now that is the disposition of all believers. We do not live in presumption. We do not live in a careless way. No, we must protect ourselves. And so I'm, I'm saying to all of you in my audience today that I want you to protect yourself. And when you protect yourself, it is not an act of faithlessness. It is not an act of faithlessness. Uh, lessness, no more than you not walking in front of an 18-wheeler going 50, 60 miles an hour. You know, you not doing is not an act of faithless, faithlessness. So let's look at John chapter 8, verse 12, and we'll find out some more about who we are. The scripture says, Then Jesus spoke, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If I am a believer, I must embrace that. I cannot be, uh, be embrace Jesus when things are going very, very well and then abandon him for another solution when things are going poorly. You see, Jesus, we teach, is the, the solution to every problem. And somebody in my audience may say, well, if you get coronavirus, it's Jesus. Yes, he's still the solution. Whether he heals through medicine or uh, some vaccine or he heals supernaturally, he has the ability to do both. Jesus Christ is our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our God. He's the one in whom we believe. So Jesus spoke saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. And what he means is that person shall not walk in sin, evil, or any kind of ignorance of God but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is saying that he then will bring in those things that are not sinful, that is righteousness. He will bring in uh, an understanding and good things. He says, he says that you, that person shall not walk in darkness. He also says to the church that you and I are something else. Uh, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Now, Jesus now living inside the believer is the light of the world. So he makes us now the light of the world. There are comedians and godless people who are all over. They have a platform, a social media platform, and they're saying a lot of things that are not true, that are, are ignorant, that is, that is without knowledge, and they are even evil. So do not be dismayed that people will take a truth like God is greater than, than coronavirus and try to make jokes out of it. Well, uh, I learned a long time ago 
that he who laughs last laughs the best. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're going to be laughing at the calamities that are going to befall uh, wicked men and women. No, God gets no pleasure out of the death of the wicked. But I am saying that God is giving everyone an opportunity to come to him. And uh, those who are poking fun, making fun, uh, swearing and saying all kinds of evil against people of faith should be ashamed. Now, let me just address something before I go further. I do not believe, nor do we promote, that we should live a life of daring, that we should, you know, violate the civil authorities who have given instruction for our protection or given instruction for the public good. The church is not to do that. We are not to defy them so that we can now claim victimhood and now say, oh, they're against the church. I don't think I have seen anything that suggests that. I think what I've seen is uh, ordinances passed or declarations made for the public good. And the church is the best instrument for the public good because we are salt and light, salt of the earth. And then because of our personal conduct and our collective conduct, people ought to see God. All right? So we don't want to do things that cause their sight to be blurred. We want them to see God, to see our confidence is in God, not in presumption. So Jesus also says about the church that we are a city set on a hill and cannot be hidden. That is so big, so powerful, cannot be hidden. So that means that Jesus has done something to put us in, in the, as it were, the, lam, the limelight. So we must be found doing uh, what Jesus has commanded us to do. An old friend of mine used to say that when, you're, when, when God does um, uh, what he's going to do in your life, he says, you better be dancing when the spotlight hits you. And I think that's a good thing to say in that we ought to be doing what God has given us to do. So Jesus says we are a, a city set on a hill uh, that cannot be hidden. I often will clarify this statement by saying America is not the city on a hill, everybody. The, America is not the city set on a hill. Believers are the city set on the hill. So if America is on the hill, it's that America is filled with believers. Now, having said that, we must comport ourselves, conduct ourselves as true believers in Jesus Christ, not in people who take up these worldly causes, partisan causes. They're all over the internet. Wow. We have to be careful about that. This is a time when we ought to be shining the brightest. Uh, I, I've often given an example about jewelers taking uh, diamonds, if you go in to buy a diamond, diamonds, you go there, they never put it against the diamonds against a white cloth or let's say good times. But what they do is they put those diamonds on a, 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 a platform a table, they have a black cloth and they put those diamonds on there and boy do they pop. And this is what God is saying. God is not um, trying to bring calamity on the world. I think we, our sin has brought it on us. And I know that some will take uh, issue with that. Let them take issue with that. I stand by the Bible, and the Bible stands by me. No issue. No issue. We don't have to argue those things that are pointless. But this is what I'm saying to every believer in the audience, that, that when 
bad times come, it's the time for us to show our stuff. I've said to you many times that uh, crisis don't make people. We are not made in crisis. That, could, that sounds world or, uh, well, but that's worldly. We're not made in crisis. We, 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 are, we are not. We are revealed in crisis. We, it, who we are comes out in crisis. And so I'm asking every believer to be a true soldier. Don't be all word. Be substance. Be character. And so Jesus goes on to say, a person does not light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. So the church's position in the world is to be salt and light, and we are to be God's lampstand. Wow. So, yeah, the city on the hill, but another analogy is a lampstand. That means that we are to bring light wherever we are. We are to bring understanding wherever we are. We are to be righteous, bring righteousness wherever we are. Bring justice wherever we are. We should never be against justice. We should never be against fair play. But we should always be proponents of those things. And you can't do that if you are a partisan. You have to be a believer, a Christian, a true kingdom person. And this is what this hour is calling for. This is, I believe, uh, one of the church's finest hours. It's one of the finest hours in my lifetime when we can show who we really are. Amen. Jesus says you, don't put it, uh, uh, you do not light a, 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 a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. So then, the world's position uh, toward the church is to obscure, extinguish, or corrupt. Now, we are God's unhidden city. Unhidden city. There's a lot of talk about the church. A lot of talk about the church. Why? Because, because whether men know it or not, because we are God's focal point in the earth. God, God's focus is on his people. Yes, he has promised to never leave his people. Yeah, God looks at everything through Christ. And where does Christ live? He lives in his people. The spirit of Christ is in his people. So the world's position toward the church is to obscure, extinguish, uh, or corrupt. Now, I'm talking about the world system. Now, yeah, there are many believers who are working in the world. Jesus says that we are in the world, but not of the world. So that means that the world should not be informing you tonight. Oh, sure, we can watch uh, uh, news outlets if, if we find them reasonable. Sometimes they are really, media cannot be, sometimes uh, are not reasonable. Yeah, but if you find one that is reasonable and they're telling you truth, but don't make up your own truth. You can't make up your own truth. No, the truth is the truth. The truth is beyond facts. It's beyond uh, what is true because what is true today may not be true tomorrow. But the truth stands forever. Therefore, the truth is God. Jesus Christ himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus Christ is the truth of God for us. That means the truth of God is now embedded somewhere in the earth. It's a hidden treasure in one sense. It's in the people of God. That's where the hidden treasure is. Uh, you, if you disagree with me, you should talk with me. But, but if you disagree with me, you're disagreeing with God. And I don't want you to disagree with God. Uh, is that too bold? Well, amen, I might say it again. Um, as I, I've often said that we must understand antithesis, antithesis, the polar opposite of something. We must understand that. The church is not to court partnership with the world system. 
with the world system. We're not to court partnership with them. We're not to try to curry their favor. Many believers are misled. Now, frankly, if I may say something somewhat personal, I find it very difficult to believe anyone who has ever listened to our preaching over the last so many years here at the fellowship should be duped by the world system, should never ever be. So the world system opposes God. We may say that again and again. So when the Bible says that the church, we the believers, are salt and light, what, the, what Jesus is saying is that we preserve and give righteous flavor to this world that we're in, but we're still not of it. But we give righteous fla flavor. What that means is that in, in the media, or whatever kind of media it is, news media, social media, whatever the, the platforms they are, then when you have believers there, they, it makes them tolerable. I don't mean religious folk. I mean believers in Jesus, because there is a difference. There's a difference. The scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end there are, are the ways of death. And so we must read out of the Bible what God is saying, not into it what we think it ought to say. I want to read something concerning darkness and when we, we are living in a dark hour. In John chapter 3, uh, verses 17 through 21, I, I purposely skipped John 3.16. So concerning darkness, let's look at it. Jesus says in uh, John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we're talking about the church again. Because so many times when we tell the truth, people say, well, we are being negative, we are being harsh, we are being holier than thou, and all those things. But not necessarily so. Now, some of our, our brothers and sisters can be, but we still love our brothers and sisters. You have a family. If you have a family of any size, I would say to you, somebody in your family is not right. If you've got some uncle, some aunt, or somebody who's not right, you know, and we're not going to pick on the moms and the dads tonight. All right? We're not going to do that. But there's always somebody who is not right. So we're not being negative, but we're telling the truth. You see, to point out negatives is not to be negative. Let, let's see what Jesus says. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so the church is that entity uh, through whom God is crying out to the world, be saved. Now, I must say that there are some of us uh, in, in the body of Christ or in the visible church, there are some of us, you're hindering. Yes, you're hindering. You're, you're saying things that sometimes are not biblical, or you're taking a worldly position and trying to make God bless it. That's not what God is after. But, but the, the clarion call is, is, come unto me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The clarion call is, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the clarion call from God out of heaven through his body here on the earth. And any other message is not the message of God. That is a message of things that are extraneous, things that are not right. Now, let me get back. Jesus says uh, in verse 18, he who believes in him, in the Son, is not condemned. So then there is a condemnation. Sin is condemned as no good, and uh, those who practice it will have the judgment of the sin that they practice. 
But Jesus is very clear here. He who believes in Jesus is not condemned. So that means that you and I will never fall into condemnation. We will never experience the wrath of God. We might experience, as one of my friends says, uh, we might experience tribulation or we will experience tribulation, but never the wrath of God. Listen, because the wrath of God is not upon us. It will never abide upon those who are in Christ. Jesus bore once and for all the wrath of God when he was on the cross. And that's what the church must proclaim. That is our primary mission, is to take the message of Jesus Christ to the four corners of the earth and to live out that reality without fear. And when our, our bishop, Bishop Glenn, said, I will not live my life in fear, though he is dead today, he did not die fearfully. Now, that's powerful for me, and I want to go on record as saying that. I don't know what the other things he did or did not do, but I know those words are true words of God. I will not live my life in fear. I will not be afraid. My God is greater than all. He is greater than everything. There's nothing greater than our God, and we are not just believers wanting to believe something, people who want to just believe something. God has made himself known to us, and he can make himself and will make himself known to you if you will ask him to do that. So he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So God did something amazing. The world, through its wisdom, has rejected God. So, so it pleased God to, to, through the foolishness of the message preached to save some. So it's amazing how, how the world is so wise, they always reject God. Isn't it amazing how when so many of us get highly educated we try to go away from God and explain everything as though we are a God but the reality is the reality is we're not a God the reality is we need him and we need to seek for him we need to grope for him and that's the purpose of the church is to make this known without shame without apology I like to say I am unapologetically Christian I am unashamedly passionate and I will not change because Jesus died for me Jesus saved me. He saved me from sin. He saved me from hell. He saved me from the devil. He saved me from the world system. And lastly, he saved me from myself. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And you can be grateful too. Let, let, let me go on a little bit. He says, uh, and this is the condemnation. Now, this is the condemnation. That, that, and and you, you can see this. And if you're in this audience tonight and you're not born again, you, you need to open up. Say, God, open up my eyes that I might see the, the eyes of my heart. He says, verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation. What is the condemnation? That the light has come into the world, Jesus Christ. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Light came. Understanding came. God came with an olive branch, with an overture of peace and love and forgiveness. And men love darkness. Why? Because their deeds are evil and were evil. Verse 20 says, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Those who practice evil hate light. And that's why many people attack the church is because the church is light. I'm just saying to all of us in this audience, let's be the church that Jesus died for. Jesus died for a glorious church without spot, 
without wrinkle, but that she should be holy and without blemish. There's nothing wrong with being holy. Being holy is not the same as being holier than thou. Being holier than thou is looking down on people like you once were and acting as though they cannot be safe. No, we're not like that. Well, Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world. That's the definition that he gives. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I want to just say to my audience tonight, I'm so gr grateful to the Lord for having been able to preach to you tonight. And I want you in the audience, if you're a believer, just be fortified in your faith. Be fortified in your faith. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in the power of God's might and God's ability to do in your life what no other can do. Hold on to whatever your confession is. So whatever that you confess that is scriptural, you hold on to it. I'm going to talk about that Sunday more. But you hold on to it. Right is right. A number of months ago, I was going to an Asian nation. I was going to preach the gospel. And there were coronavirus reports there. And I was concerned because I didn't want to be presumptuous. I didn't want to say, well, I'm going to go because I'm a believer and God will save me. No, I don't want to do that. I want to walk in the truth of God and understanding of God, following the Holy Spirit. And I prayed many, many, many days. And when I was convinced that, that I should go, um, the Lord spoke to me once. I said, okay, Lord, I know you want me to go, so I'm going. He spoke to me and he said, coronavirus is going to cover the United States. I heard these words uh, more than two months ago before I took my trip. And so I, I said, wow. I said, Lord, if it's going to cover the U.S., show me tomorrow. Give me some understanding of it uh, in the media. And he did that. We saw spots all over. And I said, wow, it's going to cover. What God was saying to me was, son, if you go there in my will, you are protected. But if you stay here out of my will, you're not. So wherever you go, the virus is going to be in that area, in that vicinity. Trust me. I trusted him and he brought us back without any hint of that disease. I want to thank you for listening. But, but I want you, those of you in the audience, who want Jesus to come into your heart, I want you to stop right now and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and save me today. Save me today. And if you've prayed that and you believe that, Jesus has done it. We thank you for listening. And I'll be back shortly.